where we speak with experts and influencers in marketing, content, and brand publishing. We bring you the latest trends, tips, and insights so that you can help your brand tell its story and connect with its audience. Welcome to the Brand Storytelling Podcast. This is Rakal Eberle, founder and CEO at Newsmodo. And in this episode, we're going to look at the phenomenon of content slog, how to overcome it and the best approaches to a long-term successful content marketing rollout that will see your brand come out ahead of the pack. And joining me is one of the best in the business, a subject matter expert who's written on this very matter just recently. I met Arnie Ken whilst on a speaking tour of Australia and Asia last year and have been an avid reader of his blog posts and other work ever since. Arnie is the CEO at Vertical Measures based in Arizona. He's held executive positions in the world of new technologies and marketing for more than a quarter of a decade. Arnie, welcome to Brand Storytelling Podcast. How are you doing? Great, Raquel. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, how's things over in Arizona? I know you're an outdoors man. Have you been out hiking this week? Uh, this week, no. And, and uh, <laughs> the reason is it's a little bit too cold for me. I go in the morning and it's in the the 30 degrees Fahrenheit here, which is near freezing, and that's just too cold for for this this sun baby. (laughs) So I haven't been out for about a week. (laughs) I love, actually, I know about your hiking because you introduced terminologies and analogies from your hiking experiences when describing technical stuff with your SEO. Is that something that I guess you love to thread through your own work day-to-day? Well, uh, I I wouldn't say necessarily day-to-day, but, you know, it comes naturally to me and uh you know i try to convey things in 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 a way that i understand them and then and and people might be able to relate to them Uh, so i just tend to use my own day-to-day experiences uh, as examples now just like a previous guest of ours joe polizzi you grew up in ohio cleveland i believe how was that growing up out in the midwest and (laughs) ultimately moving to um the desert now ironically the reason i left ohio was because it was too darn cold (laughs) you hate the cold (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so moved to uh, sunny arizona but yeah i left there actually quite a while ago and i never knew joe uh while i lived there but uh you know it's like like you mentioned, it's a you know kind of a classic Midwestern state here in the, in the United States, and uh, it's up along Lake Erie, which gets pretty darn cold and and snowy in the winters. And I really just had had enough of it, so uh, my wife and I uh, just kind of looked to move to the southwestern United States and chose Phoenix, and uh, we have absolutely loved it. Phoenix isn't probably the first place people think of when they would look at the emerging technologies, SEO, content marketing. What's it like over there in terms of the, the local market? Well, actually, uh, Phoenix is kind of a, yeah, not, maybe not so much content marketing, but uh, we started our agency uh, in 10 years ago. Actually, mm-hmm. we're coming up on our 10th anniversary in a few weeks as really an SEO agency. And uh, as you know, as many did, and actually, Phoenix has really uh, been one of the SEO hotbeds, I guess. Not not to play on the whole hot thing, but uh, <laughs> but for um, uh, SEO agencies and companies. In fact, some of the largest in the in the country or the world are are based here. iCrossing, which I believe was probably the largest SEO agency in its heyday, and they, you know they sold to Hearst Media. Few years ago, for for a lot of money, and, and they're they're headquartered just a few miles from us, and there's quite a few here. 
uh, coming out of the Phoenix area. Content marketing, I'd have to say, is pretty much radiating out of uh, Cleveland these days. <laughs> and no doubt you'll be at uh, Content Marketing World Cleveland in September, but we'll get to that a little later on in the show. Ani, last year you gave some fantastic advice on how to plan a content strategy, make a content calendar, and how to come up with the ideation behind that ongoing content. And Funnily enough, we also touched on something in our podcast last year, which we're going to pick up again in more detail. We spoke about how there comes a time when many brands stop actually producing content. They just give up. And that's related to what we're talking about today. It's something that's been coming up in conversations that I've been having a lot, funnily enough, in 2016. Some people call it hype cycle or content slog. So a hype cycle, essentially, for our listeners, occurs in many different technologies and phenomenons. Um, and some leading content marketers are using the hype cycle theory to define where content marketing is right now. And I know you would have read Joe Polizzi's recently published article about it recently, Arnie. He thinks that content marketing is a bit of a in a bit of a downward phase at the moment. We've um, there's plenty of articles that I'm sure you've read in content marketing potentially not working. How would you describe this phenomenon, Arnie, yourself to our listeners? Um, and what exactly is, in your terms, a content slog? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I've done more than read it. I, I feel like I've lived through it. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, we. Which uh, our focus as an agency after I met Joe. Joe's going to get quite a few plugs evidently in this podcast, but uh, I met Joe. Actually, I brought him in to speak at an association meeting here maybe five, uh, no, it could be six years ago now. And, uh, you know, just like many have since, I just thought what he had to say was spot on. And I felt, I just hook, line, and sinker thought content marketing is going to be it. And we really rebranded and worked hard to uh, uh, change our agency. And so we have lived through it as an agency trying to produce content for ourselves. And I know, uh, you know, we've, we've gone through everything that, that, that we're talking to our clients about and what Joe was talking about in a fairly big picture way in his, in his article. Uh, we have definitely seen, you know, the, the excitement in the beginning. Uh, and then uh, depression starts to set in when, when all this hard work doesn't appear to be paying off. And that's probably when uh, many uh, start to bail out and, qu and quit uh, producing content. And, uh, but eventually, and thank God we did, if you stick with it, the payoffs can be enormous. And, and, and I think we are our own, uh, at the moment, you know, great example of, of going through this. Uh, and we try to tell our clients, you know, we've lived through this. But our, our business has tripled in the last few years, uh, and, and we don't spend any money on advertising. All of our investment goes into producing content and, and uh, straightforward content marketing. In fact, it's funny that when this article came out, and I'm glad we're talking about this, is we, we had actually created our own, I guess uh, he calls it the hype cycle, but the same kind of a diagram that we show to prospects. And then in our client kickoff meetings, we bring it back up to remind them that it's exciting right now, but in a few months, we expect you to start complaining <laughs> and show concern <laughs> and show disappointment and, and, and start to wonder if this is really working. But just remember, we have to fight through that. So 
So anyway, I've lived through it, we've seen it, and, and I certainly agree with what Joe's talking about probably on, on the big scale. So there is a predictability about this trend, and, and also the good news is is that companies like yours who have stuck at it are coming through the other side or have come through the other side and are now tripling your revenue and not having to spend a lot or, if anything, on additional advertising. So do you think people in that trough are just getting out because it's too hard? Yeah. You know, when you consider the alternatives, which is to what, you know, we, we always kind of tease about, you know, you can either invest and buy, uh, like you buy a home, you can invest in content marketing, or you can rent your time online, which would be, you know, pay-per-click, which, you know, we do a lot of pay-per-click for clients as well, but you can do paid advertising, you can do traditional advertising, radio, television, print, whatever it is, but you just have to remember that when you stop that as well, your, your, you know, the traffic to your site, your advertising, your leads, whatever, whatever uh, stops as well. So, uh, you know, it's easier to write checks. So people tend to go back to that, what they were used to and comfortable with. And it, but it's hard to keep moving forward when you don't feel that, that immediate success. And that is the hardest part of content marketing is, is really just uh, sticking with it for, you know, we tell all of our clients at least 12 months. Uh, and that's a really tough thing to do. That takes courage. And I know that this is a case-by-case thing, but can you give our listeners some kind of time frame? When do you generally start to feel the burn of the content slog? And how long do you think they need to stick it out before that you know, hockey stick spike starts to emerge? Yeah, I think the, the burn is probably, uh, you know, on, on average, right? Yeah, like yeah, you said, every scenario is different. But the burn probably starts as soon as 90 days in. And will last, you know, maybe another three to six months. But in almost every case, if they really follow our process and what we're recommending, and almost every single case, in a, around the six to nine month mark, they start to see things trending upwards. And generally, by by time they're into this for twelve months, if they have stuck with it and done, you know, again, what we tend to recommend our whole eight step process and all of that, by twelve months, most of them are starting to see everything trending up. They're seeing the leads coming in, traffic to their site, uh, and it's working and they feel it and the excitement comes back. So the real message here is stick at it, be consistent, stay positive, and I guess don't question what you're doing. The more we zig and zag, <laughs> yeah. you know, the more we overthink it, the more we keep trying new things and throwing new um, ingredients into the mix, it can really start to, I guess, muddy the waters even more. So keep it simple, keep it consistent, and please stick at it because, as you said, the other side is a pretty, uh, pretty good place to be yeah and i'm sure you've experienced it but you know and also you know with you and your clients and us and our clients also one of the keys is it's got to really come from top management they have really have to be the ones supporting and encouraging uh you know and cheering on the effort uh, because if, if they start showing doubt, then, then the doubt trickles down pretty quickly. So we're going to get into some more content marketing tips for 2016 in just a moment. But first, Arnie, I'm keen to have a quick breakout and shoot you some rapid fire questions so our listeners can get to know Arnie Ken even better. So just some one word answers in what we call the mad minute. Are you ready, Arnie? I'm never ready for a mad minute, but <laughs> Let's fire, fire, fire away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your time starts now. What is the biggest problem your customers are having at the moment? Measurement. What's the coolest brand in the U.S. right now? 
uh, Apple. Your favorite form of content? Free guides. And I love the free guide that you guys put out just quickly on the future of content marketing, which is a free downloadable ebook on the Vertical Measures website. Um, fantastic piece of content that I personally shared with my team. Restart the clock, content marketing influencer that you admire. And I can't say Joe. How about that as a qualifier? Uh, what about oh, wow, Robert? That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, right. Robert's next. Um, I would say uh, Drew, Andrew Davis. Yeah, he's a fantastic speaker. Check him out. His videos are all online. Um, if you need an inspiration hit, like a cup of coffee, get online and have a have a look at some of Andrew's work. It's incredible. What brand or publication or blog are you loving or reading or subscribing to at the moment? Well, I read almost everything that Moz, you know, M-O-Z, that, you know, all the stuff that they put out because of the industry I'm in. So, you know, that's probably the one I meet, read most consistently. Beautiful. Vertical Measures is all about? Uh, SEO and content marketing. Breakout of the content slog by? Uh, perseverance. <laughs> that, that is a perfect answer, perseverance. Your favorite content marketing tool or marketing tool, SEO tool? Uh, Google Suggest. Yeah, that's a great one. We, we'll <laughs> touch on that in just a moment. And things you're most looking forward to in 2016? Uh, interactive content. And the best thing about being the CEO is? I don't have to keep track of vacation days. <laughs> that was Mad Minute with Arnie Ken. Now let's get stuck into content marketing 2016. What's some of the content that you've seen recently that's really impressed you? And, um, you know, what about that content do you think is standing out? Boy, I tell you, you know, I watch so much stuff. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, the, the, the one that <laughs> is very current for me, I'm actually uh, into the... Uh, I don't own a boat. Someday I want to own a boat. And so I subscribe to lots of publications and, and those blogs and their social channels and all that as well. And I think it was just last weekend I was uh, reading, I don't recall which one, it could have been Boating Magazine or Yachting or whatever it was, <laughs> one C, of those C magazines. Magazine, but one of those. Yeah. And a, a full or double page, full two page ad really struck me because of uh, how much uh, written text I saw. I mean, literally an entire page of written text with this uh, picture on, on the right hand side. So I started reading the text and I was really engaged by it. Yeah. And it was just really well done in a storytelling fashion. And it's, it was created by a, a boat manufacturer. Um, and at the end, uh, I was compelled to, to click through their website. And I just remember being uh, really, really impressed with how well, and this is an ad, you know, I'm yeah, not even yeah. talking about traditional content marketing, but just the way they wrote the story yeah. and uh, assumed I would see something very, very similar when I went to their website. Boom, no boat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that didn't float with you? Well, here's what happened. So I went to my laptop, mm -hmm. went to the website that that same ad directed me to, and there was zero content on this new boat they were launching. And I mean zero. I couldn't find the model number. I couldn't find the page. I couldn't find anything. So, I mean, I even went to, then went to Google and started typing in, you know, their brand and the boat model and all that, seeing if maybe somehow their page, you know, just wasn't showing up and Google had found it and indexed it. I couldn't find it anywhere, which I guess is a classic example of marketing, not, maybe not talking to the web developers or IT or whoever's in charge of this. And, and 
I just couldn't believe it. I, I wanted to even call, which I didn't, but I wanted to call and say, are you kidding me? It's a real shame, isn't it? I guess that right. speaks volumes, as you said, about the importance of communication across brands, but between content writers, advertisers, developers, and sales teams, and so on. And I think that's an important thing to highlight because... Um, it's a point about content more broadly too. Content is about giving, I would say, a voice to your brand, about communicating a story, and the entire company needs to be aware of that story and get behind it, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, we've, I've already mentioned it, but from, you know, from the top down, and you know, people talk about silos and all of these things. I, I, you know, and actually, what we've been doing more and more and more for uh, bigger companies, or actually even some mid-sized companies, is going in and teaching workshops to a very large portion of the marketing, all the teams, you know, marketing. SEO, IT, whatever, are coming to these workshops and trying to get everybody on the same page, you know, to understand uh, how important it is to communicate and and where when you create a piece of content, you know, this ad, which is content, mm -hmm. uh, the understanding, you know, the checklist mentality. Okay, did we let IT know or do we have any, or is anything going to have to be downloaded? Is this going to be pushed out on our social channels? Does the story continue over on our website? Yeah. And they just have to create checklists and, and work through them. And just on storytelling, I love that you talked about this, the narrative, the storytelling of this particular ad for this boat. We've been talking to some fantastic guests in the last couple of weeks and and all of them go back to their earliest memories of storytelling coming from media or movies. And I know I know you're a big Hunt for Red October fan, and who wouldn't be? But it's amazing, <laughs> you know, Sports Illustrated magazines. I know we're, you're, you're a sports guy, you're an outdoors guy. What influence did all of that media have on you in terms of storytelling and then layering that over your, your work with brands through vertical measures? Yeah, well, that's interesting. I don't know if I could even... Uh you know, bridge that gap and say that that had that influence. But uh, yeah, you know, I do remember getting my Sports Illustrated way back when, when there were very few TV channels and ESPN didn't exist. And uh, reading the stories and realizing there was way more to these t these people, you know, th these athletes and these teams and this this whole, you know, these different industries I was interested in than you got by, you know, just watching the game or listening to the announcers or whatever. And so the whole, you know, the whole written story, I, I as a kid, I just, I just thought it was like eye-opening. And then I also, as a young adult, wasn't much of a reader. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't even like it in school. But when the book Hunt for Red October came out, a friend of mine gave it to me. And I read that story, and, you know, if you've read, I don't know, you know, I, the movie was good, but if you've read the book, you know, I remember just thinking, my God, I am totally engrossed in a book that is telling me about a submarine, you know? <laughs> and it, I was just hooked, and I've been a uh, voracious reader ever since. So, the, you know, the power of story, I suppose, from two different perspectives really really hit me. And of course, that's a big, big, big factor in, in, in all kinds of advertising and content marketing as well. And and when you um, when you were growing up, you were quite the rebel. When the rest of the family zigged, you zagged. They were, um, I'm told, Pepsi drinkers. So you, you were a Coke drinker. <laughs> but it, what was it about the Coke? It was this kind of the mentality of uniting the world. It was something bigger than what the messaging of the, the Pepsi brand was, because it wasn't necessarily the taste that got you hooked on the Coke rather than the Pepsi. No, it was the coolness yes my my mother is like still addicted to pepsi <laughs> and that was uh, what she you know that's what we had in our household but uh there was something about 
you know, back in the day, Coke's, and I suppose still today, but their message back then was, you know, uniting the world and inclusion and, you know, uh, I forget how that theme go. You know, I'd like to teach the world, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought that was cool. And maybe because I was, uh, you know, the rebel of the household or whatever, I decided I wanted to drink Coke. And to this day, I drink Diet Coke. So. <laughs> And as we uh, start to wind down, Arnie, just on that subject of storytelling, it's a, such a big deal now. It's such a, a buzzword um, in marketing content, obviously. Last week, we had um, Jonathan Crossfield here in Australia um, on the show, who's, of course, a very passionate storyteller. But not everyone, in my opinion, is successfully telling branded stories really well. Or maybe you have a different concept of storytelling over in the States and what it means. What do you think? <laughs> is, there, is there something about brand storytelling that, um, you know, people are doing re really well? Or, you know, what can we really focus on just to finish off here for, uh, for our listeners? Uh, first of all, everything we do in the States apparently is different than what you do in Australia. Oh, just... and so much better, of course. <laughs> I would love to travel forward in time to find out what we're going to be doing next year. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, and actually, I, I actually maybe I'll give you a different uh, response than you're than you're uh, anticipating. But as much as we've talked about storytelling, and as important as I think it is, I would not put the pressure on the average business to say that it's the end all and be all of content. In fact, honestly, I don't even think like that. I'm a very good storyteller. Uh, maybe you know, I, I, it's hard, kind of hard to know yourself that way, but I, I wouldn't say that that's what people know me for. I think actually people know me and what I tend to, to preach and educate on is probably a more practical approach, you know, and in fact, everybody at our company and hopefully our clients by now, you know, I just keep hammering home this idea of create content that people are searching for. And, and in fact, we we're talking about fighting through the slog, you know, the first few minutes of this, of this uh, conversation. And, and that's one of the things I keep telling them is stick to it, fight through the slog by creating content people are actually searching for. If you're guessing at what they want or you're going to try to write, you know, the coolest story or, the, you know, something that uh, you think really, really shareable and people are going to love this, you might miss the mark by guessing because you really should. And it's a subtle thing. I mean, it has to be good content. But the subtle difference is, especially in the beginning, can you actually envision somebody searching for the title of what you just created, whether it's a video, blog post, article, free guide, whatever it is. And, and, and what I always say to people, if you have not been successful at content marketing for 12 months in a row, I wouldn't get too clever. I would be practical and create content that people are searching for. That might end up that you're telling a story in that piece of content. But I, I, I uh, wouldn't get too creative until you've started to see some success. Arnie, that is fantastic advice and a fantastic way to end our show for this episode of Brand Storytelling. Arnie and the team at Vertical Measures are doing incredible things with SEO, but not just SEO, layering that over content and brand storytelling. So check out their website. And also, Arnie, I know that you're really a, a popular speaker right around the world, and all of Arnie's speaking dates are on his website now as well. So I'm hopeful that I'm going to be able to catch up with you in Cleveland in September. I really can't wait to see what's going to be talked about and unveiled later in the year. But until then, let's keep in touch and thanks for joining us on Brand Storytelling. Thanks, Raquel. I really, really appreciate it and I will see you in Cleveland. Cheers. Thanks for listening. To find out how quality content can empower your brand, head to newsmoto.com.